Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 953, air date May 17th, 2021. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayodhuray. Let me get my uh, people on Instagram going here. Uh, good morning. It's uh, almost 12 noon. So, so uh, we'll start shortly. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the effect of what happens when you drink lots of caffeine in the research I have, or coffee, you know, high dose of caffeine um, on the on its effect on nitric oxide and particularly cardiovascular health. So we'll start as people are coming in, and I started a little bit early, but as people are coming in, I wanted to also um, let people know that we have an important set of events taking place this week. As many of you know, um, I have a major hearing coming up on the issue having to do with how the government, in this case, government of Massachusetts, the government, um, used its force to uh, do an end run around the First Amendment and um, made Twitter silence my political speech. It's gonna be, I believe, without, without hyperbole, probably the most important lawsuit of our time when, when we look at uh, the issue of the First Amendment and free speech and has deep implications. I'm representing myself um, against many, many lawyers who are probably spending millions of dollars on behalf of Twitter, on behalf of the government, on behalf of NASID uh, to, um, you know, cover up something what's extremely uh, important to all of us as citizens, ordinary citizens, the fact that the government has an enterprise as an infrastructure to suppress the voice of ordinary citizens which you and I don't have access to. That's what this lawsuit is going to be about. So I hope everyone keeps abreast of it and you support our campaign uh, for this, which is a campaign for truth, freedom, and health. Um, and the important thing to understand is that, um, you know, I'm representing myself in federal court. And I hope it inspires people to recognize that all of us should become active citizens, that there's a lot that we can do on our own, that the need that we think for needing um, high-paid high lawyers and all this stuff is something that uh, is frankly not true. It's something that the establishment wants us to do, so we give up our own internal sense um, of what we can do on our own. So that's what's going to be happening um, on May 20th. But today, I want to take a systems approach. And it's interesting, the law, as I'm realizing, you know, I'm not a, a lawyer, but I'm realizing it's fascinating when you actually apply it from a systems approach. Um, uh, that it's the law itself is an evolving organism uh, and the evolution of that is precedent setting cases which affect our interactions as human beings. Um, and you can take that same systems approach to understand everything in the universe. Many of you know every um, week, every Monday evenings, I teach a live course to train everyone on this fascinating area of system science. To me, the area of system science is really the knowledge of our time so everyone can understand the science of everything to understand how systems work inside your body, how systems work in the law, how systems work in political systems. And without that knowledge, it's almost as though people are at like sort of a kindergarten level of discussing politics. So my intention is uh, to provide an enabling uh, capability so everyone raises their consciousness. And that's what this is really about. So before we begin our talk today, by the way, we're gonna be talking about, let me bring this up. Today, our talk is gonna be about uh, caffeine and its effects on cardiovascular health. That's what we're gonna be talking about today. And I think you're gonna enjoy this because caffeine, there's a lot of controversy around coffee and caffeine. Um, you know, many topics, uh, when you t really take a scientific approach have multifaceted, they're not just left or right. And caffeine is one of those. And that's one of the things, that's why it's important to take a systems approach. So before I go into that, I want to, um, uh, to play a little video for you, to all of those of you who are new, to really share with you the approach that I take in my journey to actually a systems approach. And I hope it inspires you to understand sort of the background of where um, all of this comes from. So just listen to this video. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. VA Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education, Q 
community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to Vyeshiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel. While in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently, at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There I investigated the system of sleep using mathematics, computer science, and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical, paper-based inner office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent, a system which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30th, 1982, I was awarded the first US copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. Cytosol, a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer. And to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food. These innovations led me back on a Fulbright to India where I discovered the missing link between Eastern medicine and Western systems theory honoring my grandmother to develop your body your system a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system and how the inputs of food supplements and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state and systems health an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems the science of everything be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, health. Now is the time for you to be the light, learn the science of systems, build community and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to VA Shiva. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, a little bit after 12. So we're going to talk today about the systems approach to looking at caffeine, um, coffee. Um, you know, caffeine, by the way, is not only in coffee, it's in tea, it's in a bunch of substances, and its effect on the cardiovascular system, particularly nitric oxide. Now, one of the things that I think everyone needs to understand is, you know, uh, the research on coffee or caffeine, frankly, let me suggest this, is there's a lot of controversy because the conditions in which they've done, uh, as we started to look at the literature, uh, coffee is frankly um, not was done in any consistency. So what we're doing with our work at Cytosolve is to really hone in on different aspects. And we may actually have to do many, a number of videos on ca uh, coffee or caffeine in particular. So what we're going to look at today is what happens when you consume a, a different dosages of caffeine looking at you know one cup of coffee over you know and we're, and we're doing it over a 24-hour period the way we did these simulations with cytosol or four cups of coffee over a 24-hour period where you do like 40 cups over a um a 24-hour period and what you find is dosaging matters uh, and this is something that i don't think we appreciate enough what typically happens is that um whenever people look at oh is this good or bad for you 
you know, it's about the right amount, right? It's how much is consumed. And this is something extremely important that we need to understand. Dosaging matters, the amount that matters, because fundamentally everyone's a unique human being. Um, and the nature of your, your you is a function of genetics. It's a function of your epigenetics. It's a function of the stressors and the conditions you live under, right? Um, and those three things make you. So it's from a systems approach, you recognize it's not just, oh, is this good or bad? Is this pro or anti? And that's one of the things that I want all of you to get away from. And part of that uh, elevation of consciousness is to take a systems approach. That's why every uh, we've created the platform at VA Shiva, which I'll talk about more, which is really a platform for truth, freedom, and health. But it's a platform to educate you on the science of systems, to give you a community independent of big tech, where you can interact with people. And then finally, where you can, you know, take this knowledge and do activism. But you have to move beyond this left, right, pro, anti-narrative. And I think coffee is a good example of it because it's actually a lot more complex. So uh, initially, I was only going to do one video. And I realized that when you really start looking at caffeine, that it's um, there's many, many factors here. So today, we're going to look at what happens when you give lots uh, or when you look at the dosaging of caffeine over periods of time, okay? And as a part of doing this, we're going to go back and review the cardiovascular system. We're going to go and look at ni the nitric oxide system. And we're going to um, share with you, uh, good morning to you also, um, what happens uh, when you give different dosages from the data that we have. So let's um, go, let me remove this video from here. And let me uh, bring up our, uh, our PowerPoint, okay? So let's go right to here. Let me bring it up here so everyone can see that. Okay, good. So people on Instagram, I think, can see it too. There we go. Smaller. Okay. There we go. Okay. So let's look at this. So again, those of you who want to know more about VA Shiva and the platform, go to vashiva.com. There's a website. Um, you can go to the dashboard. You can go to login. But let's really look at coffee here. So let's begin by first of all, we want to look at what is caffeine. So I'm talking about coffee and caffeine. I should be very specific. We're, we're really looking at, um, you know, in this case, we're actually looking at caffeine to be specific, okay? And then we're gonna look at the biological effect functions of caffeine's effects, the health benefits, and the effects on cardiovascular system, and then what the clinical uh, evidence says on dosaging. So, so on the left side, you actually see the molecule of co uh, caffeine. You notice it has a lot of nitrogens in it. Okay, a lot of nitrogens and one double bonded oxygen here. Um, it's got a, a pentagonal ring structure, and a hexagonal ring structure here. So it's an interesting molecule, but you can't ignore a lot of these nitrogens here. And it's the most widely taken psychoactive stimulant globally. So it is a stimulant, and it's the most widely taken uh, psychoactive stimulant on the planet. It is also a natural pesticide, which is interesting. And it's naturally found in more than 60 plants. So co uh, caffeine doesn't only occur in coffee, it occurs in coffee beans, cacao, you know, which is chocolate, cola nuts, guarana berries, tea leaves, yerba mate. So you can see there's um, more than 60 plants. And here are, uh, you know, some of them. Um, yerba mate is something that, you know, when I was in Argentina and South America, uh, it's, it's a drink. Tea leaves, but it's in a number of different substances. So just think a little more broadly. Um, when you think about caffeine, it's not just coffee. It occurs in many, many different uh, plants. Uh, over 35,000 research articles have been done on caffeine. Um, nearly, um, as you can see, uh, uh, over 1,600 clinical trials over a period of uh, 55 years. So a lot of research has really kicked in on coffee over the last 50 years. All right, and you can see this graph here on the bottom, how much of that research has been happening. But a lot of articles. We did, a uh, when we looked at arginine and cardiovascular health, that had close to 130,000. Tremendous amount of work, but caffeine's up there, 35,000 articles. So how do you go about finding what's really going on? So as many of you know, um, I like to take a systems approach. So how do you take all of these articles and figure out what's going on? So for my PhD work, as many of you know, many years ago at MIT, I created a platform. It was a technology called Cytosol, where we can really look at, instead of cherry picking, which is a non-systems approach, 
we can look at it systematically, look at what the known research is, organize that literature as I'll share with you here using the Cytosol methodology. And we can, um, and I'll, so Cytosol is our platform. It's really a platform for discovery for, and, and we can do it faster, cheaper and safer, but we can take all that knowledge and I'll shortly play you a video for those of you interested in what Cytosol is. We can organize it and then we can look at a particular molecular uh, area. So what we're doing with Cytosol is we're literally looking at the particulars of a, a ingredient, in this case caffeine, and how it affects the co complexity of a molecular system. And the molecular system we're going to look at is nitric oxide, as we've talked about, the release of nitric oxide, because nitric oxide is an important biomarker, which means an indicator of cardiovascular health. It supports vasodilation, lowers blood pressure. It was the core of the discovery of uh, Viagra, for example. So um, uh, that's why we're going to look at the effects of nitric oxide on that. So cytosol really helps us do this. It organized it, and cytosol came from recognizing the entire pharmaceutical model of developing a drug, which is what they, a single molecule drug. Typically, they tested it in the test tube, and then they tested on animals. This is a research process finding out something works or not, and then you go to human trials. This can take up to 13 years, $5 billion. And what's happening is, as drug companies spend more and more money on this antiquated process, they're in fact discovering less and less new drugs, which are in fact being allowed by the FDA. So this process is broken, and that really led me to develop Cytosol. So when we look at Cytosol, let me, uh, I'm gonna, just to educate those of you who are new, I'll play for you a quick video so you understand what is Cytosol so you understand uh, how we approach caffeine. So in all of the videos I do daily, we have our research team look at a particular ingredient and look at a particular biomolecular function. So any one of you who are interested in me, someone just said, hey, can you look at black fungus? So any one of you are interested um, in us, we have a research program and it's driven by you. So a lot of people want us to do caffeine. So email me at vashiva, Victor Alpha Shiva at vashiva.com and we take your advice and we put it into our research program since this is really driven by you. So let me uh, uh, play you a, a quick uh, video so you understand what Cytosol is so you can appreciate it and you may come up with your own ideas. Who would have ever thought someone like me would invent email and create Cytosol to revolutionize health for personalized and precision medicine, a system for delivering the right medicine for the right person at the right time? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. As a child, I observed my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practice Siddha, India's oldest system of medicine, to heal local villagers by observing their face, to know their unique constitution, to deliver a unique combination of foods, healing herbs and massage. The caste system and her abilities to heal inspired me to understand the interconnectedness of all life. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, technologist, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. As a 14-year-old, I began working as a full-time research fellow at Rutgers Medical School to unravel the mysteries of sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, and created the world's first email system long before I ever heard of MIT. As I traverse academia over the next three decades, I observe self-serving academics, never solving real problems, writing grant after grant, competing for tenure, while diminishing real science and real scientists, pushing a reductionist science to destroy the scientific method. Like the blind men who never saw the whole elephant, but the parts, they delivered a dismembered view of reality. I observe Big Pharma use such reductionism, wasting billions year after year to fund research in test tubes, killing animals, and using the poor as guinea pigs for clinical testing to create products that even the FDA no longer allowed. Not only Big Pharma practice this reductionism, but also the elites of Big Vitamin, Big Green, and Big New Age, with gurus and yogis, empowered by Hollywood celebrities, selling one supplement after another based on a cherry-picked science. All that changed in 2003, when the Human Genome Project ended, revealing that humans have the same number of genes, about 20,000, as that of a worm, giving rise to a systems biology. We realized that one-size-fits-all medicine was a failure, 
we realized their medicines were killing us, making today's generation's lifespan shorter than any previous generation. Obesity, heart disease, deaths from adverse reaction to drugs, confusion on what diet, what supplements, and who to believe is what they have delivered you. They push natural and organic products for your beauty and wellness, while their real solution is their plastic surgeons and Botox. We've been sold out. It's time for real science, a system science that interconnects the parts to discover truth, to know what really works to get the health we need and deserve. This is why I created Cytosolve. Cytosolve is about truth, freedom, and health versus power, profit, and control. Cytosolve is a revolutionary technology integrating bioinformatics, computational biology, mathematical modeling, decentralization to reveal the truth. Cytosolve computes trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions to discover what actually works based on the actual science. No reductionism, no cherry picking. Cytosol's predictive modeling has been proven accurate time and time again, matching laboratory results. Cytosol discovers synergistic combinations of compounds to maximize health and reduce toxicity. For example, we know curcumin from turmeric and resveratrol from red grapes alleviate inflammation. But how much should we combine? Current methods are hand-waving at best. Here, with Cytosol, we first model the control condition with no curcumin and no resveratrol to simulate high inflammation with the cytokine level at 0.15 micromolar. Next, we add just 5 micromolars of curcumin. The inflammation drops to 0.05. Next, we use 5 micromolars of resveratrol and the inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.06. But when we combine curcumin and resveratrol of 3 micromolars of curcumin and 2 micromolars of resveratrol, inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.03. Far lower, nearly 200% less than just one compound alone. That's the synergy principle of system science. We've all had enough of their fake and reductionist science. They think we'll simply keep buying their marketing, their celebrities, and their products that can never truly heal us. We don't need them. Great things come when we integrate the best of things. It's our time. It's time we've delivered solutions for ourselves. It's time for truth, freedom, and health. It's time for Cytosolve. Welcome. All right, so I hope that gives you a background on Cytosolve. I like to give that because that's the approach that we take. It's an approach that takes a systems approach. So let me now, uh, so let's, we've applied that systems approach here to understand how um, caffeine in particular works. So, um, and by the way, those of you, I've gotten a lot of emails. Uh, for many, many years, we've helped some of the largest uh, nutritional companies and even small companies who are putting together products, figure out if their formulations actually work. Right now, if you go to Whole Foods or you go on supplements, there's a lot of snake oil out there. It's hard to know what actually works. With Cytosol, what we're able to do is we're actually able to take the known science, knowing the science is varying at any point in time, organize the science where we extract the molecular pathways and molecular reactions. Let's say you want to look at brain health or cardiovascular health and use the computer to organize that. And then using that, we can look at how different ingredients work on the computer long before we go hurt people. So about several years ago, um, we said, hey, why don't we use Cytosol to actually help, you know, people that we know um, directly. So what we, what we did was we looked at all, all the molecular pathways of pain and inflammation, and we organized all of that. And then we looked at all different kinds of natural ingredients, and we found a combination of ingredients that appeared to have some, a very powerful effect for, uh, you know, reducing pain and discomfort you know, um, and swelling and discomfort. And we, uh, this is, our, it's exciting because it's the first time we've ever gone end to end by doing the research, doing the analysis, doing the computation, and then actually creating a product. It's called um, MV25. Uh, it's out there. We've had, we had initially some issues because of COVID getting the manufacturing done. So we have more supply now coming. I know some of you are pre-ordering. So just briefly what MV25 is, it's a very interesting product where you can notice that the branding is, it's not a celebrity band, it's a branding of a, a scientist myself from a system standpoint. And we've used the equation in math and physics called momentum, mass times velocity, it's momentum to move. And you can see it's, it's a blend that's been Cytosol optimized. And if you go to the back of the label, it explains that what Cytosol optimized means that this was formulated using the computational engine the technology for precision and personalized medicine that came out of my doctoral research at MIT. And this formulation results from integrating thousands of those peer-reviewed journal articles over four decades, 60 and 68 research institutions. And we've computed trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions 
to discover an optimal synergy of compounds. So we, most ways that people do, uh, create these products, it's like one formulator, he reads a paper, and that's not what we did here. So we looked at multiple different, um, you know, trillions of combinations to find the right combination from our uh, research, the right biomarkers of discomfort and swelling that reduce that. So when we say cytosol optimize, this means that this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits. And the other piece is as the science advances, so are uh, we gonna advance this formula. This means that, look, science doesn't just stand still. As science progresses, we have to be willing to also change. We can't just say, oh, this is the best formula. So as new science comes, Cytosol will keep rerunning those computations. So that's the promise that we're making in this very uh, revolutionary approach. So, and by the way, it's certified clean, it's GMP and it's made in the US. So if you wanna go find it, you can go right up on uh, the vashiva.com website. You can click on shop and you can find it right up there. So take time to do that. So, uh, and by the way, um, what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're creating this platform and movement. So when you uh, get MV25, you're actually experiencing something for yourself, but, you, but those proceeds actually go to support our platform, the servers we buy, the hardware, everything, so we can continue to do this. So when we look at caffeine now from that cytosol approach, what do we find? So what we find is that it's in many ways, it's a drug. You have to look at caffeine as really a medicine. It's derived, it's a plant-derived trimethylxanthine alkaloid. So there's alkaloids are very, very powerful substances in plant. Plant alkaloids, as you'll find, just type in the word alkaloid if you want to Google it, and you'll see these substances are very powerful, like yohimbine, typically ends with I-N-E, okay? Xanthine, citrulline, okay? Um, and these are plant alkaloids can have psychoactive effects. So caffeine is a psychoactive, and as you can see here, it's a, it's a, it's a trimethyl, it's a trimethyl um, uh, xanthine alkaloid, and the average dietary caffeine consumption in the U.S. adults is around 200 milligrams per day, okay? That's, so the average dietary consumption in the U.S. adults, people are, uh, essentially it's like you taking 200 milligrams of caffeine. And the half-life in adults is three to seven hours. What does half-life mean? Half-life means how long it stays in your, how, um, it basically means within, let's say three hours is a half-life. That means if you consume 200 milligrams of caffeine, the amount that's in your blood when you first consume it, three hours later, you have about 100 milligrams of blood. Three hours later, it'll go down to 50. Three hours later, 25. That's called the half-life, okay? So, um, for example, cannabinoids, Things like, um, you know, pot, marijuana, have like a half-life of sometimes 10 days, right? So it takes 10 days for half of it to go away. So you accumulate this. Um, so anyway, the half-life is important because it shows how much your liver can clear it. So you have a cup of coffee, and depends on an individual. I mean, um, if I have one cup of coffee in the middle of the day, it's hard for me to go to sleep at night. So it dissipates very slowly for me. Other people they clear it quickly, okay? So it depends on uh, your appetite for it, all right? So that's why the half-life is important, is how much is taken out of your body over time, okay? But that's the molecular structure. Now let's look at the biological effects. Well, first of all, um, coffee, as most people know, is a stimulant for the nervous system. It is an anti-inflammatory. It's an antioxidant, and it is a diuretic, which means you drink it, you know, you're gonna, um, remove water out of your system. But it's a stimulant for the central nervous system, but it also has these other properties. Again, these, this is what we know based on the known research to date. It could have other things. Again, this is based on the known science across those 35,000 papers. Um, what are the health benefits? It's got a number of health benefits. I'm sure most people know it makes you more alert. It increases your energy. It has anti-carcinogenic effects, anti-cancer, anti-neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's disease, and Parkinson's. It also improves your physical endurance and recovery. It reduces fatigue, improves, improves focus, and does support weight loss, okay? Uh, someone said, is a half-life dependent on consumption rate? Yes, so obviously, if you consume one cup today, uh, right now, three hours later, you know, you're gonna have the equivalent of half a cup in your system. Now, if you hit yourself with another cup of coffee, you know, that you, um, you know, prolonged uh, that effect uh, in terms of that half-life, which means you have more in your system, right? So that makes sense. 
All right, so those are the health benefits. Now, the adverse effects, um, which are also documented in the literature and the sciences, can get you very anxious. It can get you restless. It can cause blurred vision, insomnia, muscle twitches or tremors, uh, elevated or irregular heart rate, and elevated blood pressure. Now, when you look at this, I just want to emphasize that this is, you know, again, everyone's a unique person. There's some people who drink a lot of coffee and they seem absolutely fine, right? Their systems may be different. This research is based on sort of the norm that's coming out from those papers. So the um, when we look at, by the way, the body from a systems Eastern approach, the, the anxiety and restlessness is called the Vatha aspect. And I teach this in our course. Those of you who look at Ayurveda, other Eastern systems of medicine, um, um, some people already are very wired people. Obviously, if they take lots of coffee, it's going to wire them even more, right? So it depends on your body type. So that's important to remember. Not one size does not fit all. Again, that's what a systems approach teaches us. Everything I'm sharing with you has to be put in the context of you as a unique system, all right? So um, now when we look at the cardiovascular system, as I've shared before, again, some of you who didn't see the previous videos, we did a video um, uh, yesterday on NATO kinase, which is fermented soy, on how that affects the cardiovascular system. We talked about how NATO kinase has this very powerful effect on breaking up blood clots. It's in fermented soy. It's not in all soy, but in fermented soy, um, there's the ingredient NATO kinase. We talked about arginine three days ago and how arginine actually in the presence of, um, you know, sheer flow, your body will release nitric oxide. But the quick background in order to understand caffeine is we have to recognize how the cardiovascular system works. Well, look, you have two sides of your heart and you have the bottom, top and bottom. The top of the heart is called the atrium, the left and right atrium, and the bottom of the heart is called the ventricles. Now, on your, on your left atrium is where, you know, blood is coming in, which is the top left side of your heart. Fresh blood comes in, okay? Fresh blood comes in, and then it's pumped down to the left ventricle, which then pumps out through the aorta, which is the main artery, as you see over here, through all the different parts of your body. So all this oxygenated blood goes. And then what happens is as your blood uses up that oxygen, the vena cava brings back the deoxygenated blood to the right atrium, which then sends it down to the right ventricle, which then pumps all that deoxygenated blood to the lungs and they get reperfused with oxygen. And that's how the pump works. So your heart cardiovascular system has really, or your cardiovascular system really has three subsystems, a heart, which is a pump, as you can see, it's a powerful pump, which pumps the blood, the blood vessels. And we're going to look at that, which carry the blood and nutrients, all sorts of the body. And that's where the nitric oxide effect comes in. And then you have the actual blood, right? Which is the transport, which is like the little cars, which are transporting oxygen. But the blood also has two parts, the blood cells, the red blood cells and the plasma. The plasma supports your immune system and the red blood cells supports your respiratory, you know, the oxygenation system. So when you exercise, when you move that blood, you're enhancing the immune system. That's why coffee moves, right? Coffee has a transport, increases transport. So that's why it has an anti-inflammatory effect, but coffee also, um, you know, increases, uh, as we'll talk about uh, blood pressure also, right? And it has a certain effect on that because you're moving uh, more blood through your system, all right? So um, when you, again, look at the cardiovascular system, again, very quickly, you have really three parts of the vascular system. You have the aorta or the arteries, which are in, in the red color. You have the veins. The arteries are the ones that carry oxygenated blood. The veins are the things that carry deoxygenated blood. But they're interconnected by the capillaries. The capillaries are taking the oxygenated blood through to your tissues and your cells, and then they're also helping remove the waste of the carbon dioxide, which then flows into your veins and out. Now you have arteries, which are the red, you have veins, which are in the blue here, and then you have the capillaries, right? The capillaries are the things that are the minute, um, uh, you know, blood vessels. And if you look at it here, the, 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 the veins on the right side and the capillaries have three different structures. They have the outer structure of the veins and the outer structure of the capital, uh, arteries, which are known as the adventia. 
That's really the structural support, right? It's like the bark of a tree. The middle of it is a tunica media, which is a middle layer, which is more the musculature of the arteries here, the middle here, or the veins. And then the inner part of the arteries in the vein is composed of what's called the tunica intima, which is the endothelial cells, endothelial cells. However, the capillaries only contain really only the tunica intima, right? Which are really only the endothelial cells. So capillaries, which are the fine uh, blood vessels are composed of endothelial cells, but the arteries and the veins contain three different types of structures, all right? Now, when you look at nitric oxide, nitric oxide is extremely important to understand. Um, many years ago, I think Time Magazine had this big article saying how nitric oxide is a molecule of the century because what nitric oxide is important for, it dilates, it's important um, in the dilation of your vessels, okay? Which affects blood pressure, hypertension, etc. So when you exercise, for example, blood starts flowing through your arteries and your veins and, and your capillaries. Remember the capillaries are composed of these things called endothelial. So when the blood flows over the endothelial, our research uh, with Cytosol and MIT and a bunch of other institutions showed that your body will release uh, nitric oxide, okay? So exercise is very valuable. In the presence of arginine, your body will release uh, nitric oxide, okay? So let me uh, show that here uh, in this slide here. So when you look at the, the nitric oxide here, what you'll notice here is that NO is a molecule, right? So it's got, it's a, here's nitrogen, double bond to the oxide. Its key role is maintaining blood pressure. It's anti-arthrogenic. And it's generated when endothelial nitric oxide synthase, which is a enzyme, catalyzes arginine, okay? So the, the catalysis by enos of arginine generates nitric oxide. And so when you exercise, it triggers nitric oxide production. We talked about that a few days ago. So when here's your capillaries and the surface in the inner surface of those capillaries has a endothelial cell. So when you exercise, blood starts rushing through these capillaries and in the presence of arginine, this enzyme enos will create nitric oxide as well as L-citrulline. And this causes vasodilation. So NO production, by the way, I need to, uh, NO production, this is not NO, it's not no production, it's NO. Sorry about that, I keep making that mistake. NO production leads to vasodilation and maintenance of blood pressure, okay? So we, uh, at Cytosol, when I was building this at MIT, we did work between MIT, Brigham and Women's Hospital, um, Harvard and King's College. And we did some very interesting work looking at what happens when you move blood through your arteries. So here's arterial flow. And we're gonna, it's almost like we're gonna take a microscope and we're gonna look deep into the surface of the capillary. And what do you have? You have these little endothelial cells, this is one cell. And on the cell surface right over here, if you can see, is a very interesting structure. It looks like a Christmas tree right on the right side here. So when blood flows over these endothelial, this Christmas tree starts shaking. It's quite amazing. And, and when this shakes, the body will, or your cells, through a series of chemical reactions, will start releasing nitric oxide, okay? So the mechanical force of the structure called the glycocalyx, when this moves, in the presence of arginine, release nitric oxide, okay? And by the way, when we use cytosol and you look at the research like we did when we built MD25, you can read all this literature and you find every little researcher has little chemical reactions they found. With cytosol, we put all of those together, okay? We put all of those reactions together versus looking at it, you know, cherry picking. We put all of those reactions together and what we're able to do is we're able to interconnect them on the computer. You can't do, you know, with killing animals, but on the computer we interconnected them and we can say, hey, how much nitric oxide gets released? And this is cytosol's simulated production, uh, simulated prediction. And by the way, we've shown this when we did actual laboratory experiments, look at how closely cytosol matches the lab experiments. And same here, when we looked at how much protein is released. So the, what I'm sharing with you here is a black line represents our predictions and the dots here represent Andrew Koo's work at Harvard and MIT showing how much is actually released, measured. So this was published by the way, in one of the leading journals in the world, Cells 
Biophysical Journal. And I was one of the key authors with two other senior authors and other students showing the power of cytosol in predicting the release of nitric oxide. Now, what happens when you take caffeine? So what I just shared with you here is we have a, a proven mathematical model that where we've looked at all of these chemical equations of, of the release of nitric oxide. So we modeled that, we published that, so it's validated. Then what we did was we said, okay, what happens now when you take caffeine? So that's where I want you to listen carefully in terms of to really understand what happens when you take lots of caffeine at different dosages. One cup of coffee, four cups of coffee. What happens when you drink 40 cups of coffee? And we looked at over a 24 hour period. Okay, so let's look at that, right? So what happens when you do that? So we have our model that we built with Cytosol. And what we did was we said, okay, what happens when you just take one cup of coffee? And let's assume you're sipping this over a 24 hour period. So the Y axis is nitric oxide, okay? And the X axis is how much of that caffeine ends up in your blood and it's micromolar amounts, okay? How much ends up in your, uh, uh, you know, at the cell surface. So we're looking at about 10 micromolars is what ends up, right? That's what 10 micromolars. So just to be clear, what we're, what we're simulating here using this proven cytosol model is you have a cell and how much after you drink a cup of coffee, right over that 24 period, how much actually after you've digested it, gone through your bloodstream, ends up at the cell surface. That's what we're modeling here. And we're looking at what's called 10 micromolar, which means 10 to the minus six moles of caffeine per liter. Okay, that's what's called a, a micromolar, all right? Um, someone said, is this a repeat presentation? No, this is a new presentation of caffeine relative to um, uh, the cardiovascular health. So what we're seeing here is the amount of coffee consumption, right? So one cup of coffee over 24 hours. So you can see your nitric oxide level drops. It was at 100%. So it drops down around, you know, 85%, okay? If 90 is here, right, this is about 85 to 88%. So the key takeaway is you drink one cup of coffee, you know, remember coffee lasts over, let's say an eight hour period, but we've extended it to be conservative. It will lower your nitric oxide levels, okay? Nitric oxide is important for vasodilation. So that's what this result shows. Now, let's look at what happens if you drink four cups of coffee. Well, when you drink four cups of coffee, you increase the level of uh, caffeine in your, in your blood plasma to 48 micromolar. And you can see right here, if this is around 70, you're at around 78, close to 80, but you've reduced your nitric oxide production rate down from 100% to 78%. It's not that bad, but your NO levels are low, okay? So the takeaway there is you now assume you're drinking four cups of coffee over a 24 hour period, your nitric oxide level will go down. Remember nitric oxide is important again for cardiovascular health. So you've brought it down, all right? Now what we did was there are supplements that bodybuilders take or people who wanna stay awake take um, that are like the equivalent of 40 cups of coffee where some people take a shot of this, all right? And so what happens when you take something like that? And what you see here is that when you take these caffeine supplements, which are the equivalent of 40 cups of coffee over 24 hours, you can see that your NL level drops, drops down to 60%, okay? From 100 to 60%. Now, this is for a normal individual, okay? There are people who have uh, cardiovascular issues, hypertension. Tomorrow, I will do a video where we look at what happens when you take arginine and caffeine together. That's what the cytosol analysis at different levels of hypertension. And you can see some people's NO levels will go down even to 40%. What we're looking at here is a normal individual. Someone says, what is a vasodilator? Vasodilator is relaxes your vasculature, relaxes your blood vessels, okay? That's what a vasodilator is, okay? Someone else says, Dr. Shiva, what do turmeric cumin products can we take to help with anti-inflammation? I'll talk more about that um, shortly. Um, let's see if there's any other questions here. Um, okay, um, we'll come back to the people asking, is decaf okay? What about coffee and the pituitary pineal? Yeah, 
lot of great questions. Today we're looking at coffee on the cardiovascular system. But the key takeaway from here is what you can see is as you take lots of coffee, particularly caffeine, in this case, in a short period of time, it will significantly reduce your NO production, okay? So the issue again is dosaging. It's not about saying it's good or bad, right? It's, but if you take a lot of caffeine in one shot, it's gonna lower your NO production. Um, and that is not good for cardiovascular health. And you know the way you can increase that, we'll talk about is taking arginine, okay? So arginine raises your NO uh, production, as we talked about earlier. So let's wrap this up. So at the, at the bottom line, as you can consume more and more coffee, your NO production is gonna go down, okay? That's what the key takeaways. Again, the caveat here is you're consuming a lot of coffee, in this case, in a short period of time. This is equivalent to 40 cups of coffee, okay? In a, in a, uh, in a, uh, uh, on a short period of time. And by the way, this research, to let you know, it's documented, we published this in the Journal of Dietary Supplementation on Caffeine. Uh, it was a uh, research done with USP, the US Pharmacopeia. Again, I was one of the senior authors on it. You can find this um, also. Now, the approach that I just took here, what, why is it important to the larger context of looking at a systems approach? Is when you, what we just went through here is we, we looked at caffeine, which is an ingredient in coffee. Caffeine levels vary, for example, in tea, in yerba mate, in, and depending on the grade of coffee you get, depending on the processing. But we looked at the fact that if you take lots of coffee or lots of caffeine in a short period of time, it is going to affect a system in your body called the production of nitric oxide. It's gonna lower that nitric oxide production, which is gonna lower your ability for vasodilation, all right? Now, the reason I wanted to share this approach with you is that when you look at this systems approach, you can recognize we also need to take a systems approach to looking at everything in the world. So when I do these uh, analysis using cytosol, we're going down to the molecular systems level. So it's not coffee's bad or good, we're looking at the fact how much are you taking it in a short period of time or how much of caffeine are you consuming and your particular health conditions. Um, but when we apply the same systems approach, we wanna recognize that, for example, politically, you know, there are people who, when, when they look at, you know, uh, how do we change the world? Some people just focus on science. Hey, let's do better science, let's do innovation. That's a search for truth. Again, that's just one piece of it. Now, other people just focus on freedom. Hey, we just need to get the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. And you have those well-meaning people. And other people are out there just focusing on health, right? I'm talking about the larger system of helping all of us. So people are just essentially in one of these worlds, okay? Either health, people doing yoga, eating well, or people uh, fighting for their First Amendment, Second Amendment rights, or people fighting for truth. My view is we need to intersect truth, freedom, and health if we want to take a systems approach to understanding the world around us, we have to fight for freedom because that's how we can do great science and get to truth. With truth, we can find out what's health, what's right for, for our body. Oops, let me, I didn't share this with people um, here. Sorry for those people, I shared it on Instagram. But what I was sharing was, you know, people do um, the approach for life and trying to understand how to change the world in this very reductionist way, either truth, freedom, or health. We need to intersect them. So the reason I say this is because if you look at any one of those areas, we're never gonna get to a whole system solution of how we change the world. That's why I'm a big proponent of taking a systems approach. We have to fight for freedom so we can get debate and do great science. And from really doing great science, not cherry picking, we can find out what's right for our health. So when it comes to something like caffeine, what we learn is it's about the dosaging and the time scale, all right? You know, you do a cup of coffee over a long period of time. Same thing like when you get to drugs, right? People doing lots of alcohol in a short period of time or lots of, and there's a whole series we're going to do on cannabis. The companies, the big tobacco companies or the big alcohol companies or the big whoever want to get heavy users. You know, it's, they don't, you know, the one person who does a glass of wine, you know, at dinner or the person who does, I don't know, smokes a cigarette one, uh, two a day. That's not what they're going for. They're looking for heavy users. So it's about dosaging. This is what we need to recognize. It's all about dosaging. 
So when we look at a synergistic approach, you know, if we are one group is just fighting for truth, one group is just fighting for the First Amendment, or the Second Amendment, one group is just fighting for organic food or defeating Monsanto, we're not going to have as much effect as we us coming together. So that's what the basis of our movement, your movement for truth, freedom and health is. And I want to um, before I, I have some more stuff, I want to finish up on caffeine. But before I do that, I want to uh, just play this uh, next video for you. So all of you understand that I want to encourage all of you for your own consciousness to raise your consciousness to understand the intersection of truth, freedom and health and to become a warrior scholar in the program we've set up for truth, freedom and health. So let me just play that video as um, uh, the, the video that really shares with you why we need to build a movement for truth, freedom and health. Out our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to vashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. 
And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. So everyone, um, those of you who are interested in um, uh, supporting your advancement, I, I certainly uh, hope that you take advantage of our platform. And that platform is really an educational platform. Our goals have around 50,000 truth, freedom, and health warriors by the end of this year, warrior scholars, because we're not gonna be able to change the world unless people go from a kindergarten consciousness of looking at the world as Republicans and Democrats, which is really a nonsense way of looking at the world or left and right. You're not gonna solve any of the problems. The world doesn't work left or right. You know, whether uh, gravity exists independent of left and right. Uh, how caffeine works in your body is independent of left and right. So a systems approach allows people to move beyond left and right. It, it's beyond rhetoric and it's beyond sort of good thinking. There's a science that you can use to understand how everything in the universe works. And every Monday evening I teach that science. It's a distillation of 50 years of knowledge, but you can use that for your body. If you uh, uh, you know, just to when when the platform that we've created at, you know, on this tool on VA Shiva, just to give you the insights into it, it's not just a platform for, um, you know, it's not just a platform for, um, you know, health, right? It's a platform for a number of things, right? It's a platform that'll enable you to understand your body as a system. It's a platform that'll enable you to uh, understand how, uh Everything in the universe essentially operates. Let me just bring this up. Wrong here. We have to stop this here. Remove, stop the screen. Let me go here. Let's see. It's interesting. I'm having a little bit of difficulty here right after I played the video. One second, everyone. I'm just going to have to come back. I see what's going on. Let me just PowerPoint. I may have to uh, force quit Microsoft. Sorry about this. And restart it again. All right, one second. Okay, here we go. So, um, yeah, there we go. So what I was sharing was that um, those of you who are interested in the educational program, there's a bunch of capabilities that we built to really support your education across this, uh, you know, area of truth, freedom, and health. And if you log into vashiva.com slash join, um, what you can do is you can take advantage of that. So let me just bring this up again. So vashiva.com slash join, or you can simply go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Okay, so if we go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you will see that in on the site, when you log in, we've created a whole bunch of features. There's education um, and goals to get educated or be enslaved. So as you go through this, you find out there's a whole range of tools that we have. First of all, all of you are gonna learn in a very profound way what this diagram actually means. This is really the science of systems. And this diagram, you know, it took me many, many years at MIT to understand, but in about a couple of hours, I'll teach you this. This diagram represents a systems approach. It's a science of systems. Um, and by the way, this is all based on your contributing to your advancement. As those of you who have generously contributed $25 or more, you get access to all the tools, plus a book, plus a tool that'll help you understand how your body is a system, 
what kind of system you are, what are the right foods that support you, and how you can bring your body back into alignment. Um, independent of that, we have a whole portal where you can educate others. You can also get access to a way that you can get certified as a truth, freedom, and health um, you know, uh, course. You can also get access to other scientific reports, which will help you understand how food is medicine. You also get access to three other books, which will help you understand how systems thinking you can apply to anything on the planet, any aspect of existence. And then you get also access to a very powerful scientific paper, which shows that systems knowledge, system thinking goes back 10, 20,000 years. And that's for people who are generously contributing 100 or more. But beyond that, we want you to build community among the Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior Scholars. We've created a forum, independent of big tech, on our own data center, where you can start, start topics and you can start conversations. There's also a VA Shiva Social, which is a lot like Facebook, but different, because it's independent of big tech. And you can create your own pages. You can interconnect with thousands of other people all over the world. And then you can get activated. You can educate others on the science you learn. We have these flashcards where you can print and hand them out, educate people on the real issue with masks, the real issue with the oral microbiome and how it's important for mouth health, what masks do, or the real issue with building immunity. And these are wonderful ways that you can help others. So uh, explore becoming a truth, freedom, and health warrior. So when we look at caffeine, we take that systems approach. So when we look at caffeine, you can look at it from a system standpoint. Um, so, for example, one of the tools that you get when you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior or a supporter, you get this very powerful tool called Your Body, Your System, which helps you look at the body from, the, from an energetic standpoint, the movement of energy, which is transport the T, the conversion of energy, conversion C, and the storage of energy. And then you can answer a set of questions, self-analysis, and you can figure out what kind of system you are, which is that red dot in this triangular space. Then you can figure out through another set of questions, where your body is today, which is that black dot. And then you can figure out how supplements and foods affect your body as a system to bring you back into where you should be, okay? And so please take advantage of that. Um, now, what does coffee do? Well, coffee increases transport motion in your body. In the Eastern system science, they call it increasing vatha, transport. Coffee also increases conversion, right? You move faster, right? You start motion, all right? It's a diuretic, which means it increases the movement, the flow of you know water, right? You drink a lot of coffee, go to the bathroom a lot. And it also stabilizes kapha, which means storage. So that's what coffee does. Now, how much should you take, okay? Uh, so how much should you take? Well, um, the daily consumption, according to Navrat et al., is no more than 400 milligrams of coffee. Again, this is for the average individual, right? We know about one cup of coffee is around 200 milligrams of so 400 milligrams of caffeine. That's sort of seen as a consumption limit. For cognition improvement, about 150 milligrams per day, 150 milligrams. For headache, okay, so 300 to 500 milligrams per day. So that's what's known. Again, you should consult your doctor. This is not a medical show. This is essentially a distillation of what's out in the literature. So in closing, Caffeine is really a double-edged sword. And I want people to really remember this. That's why the research on coffee is always, um, it's not left or right. <laughs> okay, it's not pro or anti. So this is what people have to remember. Everyone will write me an email. Is coffee good or is it bad, right? Is caffeine good or bad? Again, you got to get away from this good, bad. It's about dosaging and it's about based on your particular situation. Look, if you take something like arsenic, even something like mercury, believe it or not, at different dosages, believe it or not, very low micro doses, a certain amount of arsenic, which is, by the way, what uh, a number of the manufacturers of heartworm pills put in to heartworm medicine, is actually could be beneficial for the heart. Again, it's dosaging. Even the Eastern medicines knew this in China and India. Same with mercury. Certain low dosages actually helps neuro, you know, neurological function. But high dosage, it is a poison. So it's about dosage, dosage, dosage. So it's a double-edged sword. There's nothing black or white here. So coffee is a double-edged sword. It may help with alertness, focus, energy, neurodegenerative disease. That's a positive. But it can also have adverse effects on hypertension, arrhythmia, anxiety, insomnia. That's what's true about a lot of these alkaloids, very powerful things in plants. And the Cytosol Systems Biology Analysis revealed that caffeine 
you know, as you increase the dosage, suppress NO production leading to hypertension. All right. So there you go. That is our analysis, our systems analysis on coffee that took about an hour to do. And I hope this was valuable. But the key thing I want to recommend all of you to think is break away from this pro-ante, left, right, coffee's good or bad. That's what coffee really teaches us or caffeine teaches us. If you get into that realm, you're going to get very confused. You're not going to make how to make decisions. You have to understand that food is medicine. Every action we take has an equal and opposite reaction based on the system that we're at. That is why it's important in 2021, in the century we live in right now, to learn the science of systems. You're gonna raise your consciousness from a kindergarten level to like a PhD level by getting this knowledge. Our platform at VA Shiva is a platform of public service where it's a platform to educate you so you become a scholar of system science. We've set up that framework. You can interact with other people on our own technology independent of big tech, and then you can become an activist. You can apply this to your, your body. You can apply this to uh, political issues. You can apply it to anything. So, and it's also a way that you support our growth. Someone said, does it feed the good microbiota? Good question. Uh, caffeine is good before workout, but yes, the issue is right. Too much of anything is bad. Yeah. So look, you have to understand the art of life. Nothing is good or bad. It depends on where you're at. You know, Eskimos have to eat whale blubber, right? Well, that's what they do because of the conditions they're in. You don't, you know, no one would go to an Eskimo, which some people try to do. Oh, everyone should eat salads all day. Well, you don't go to an Eskimo and say eat salads all day. They're, they're going to die, okay? They need to eat those fatty blubbers. It's the right medicine for the right person at the right time and the right amount, okay? That's what system science teaches us, right? Someone just said, break away from the right-left system of unreality. The establishment wants you, as a way of controlling you, to take this left-right narrative. Because a left-right narrative, you can put you in a cookie cutter. You can control you, okay? Person A versus person B, Trump versus Bernie, left versus right, Democrat versus Republican. They're making all the money, guys, while you're attending like an audience member, you know, watching them. Nothing gets solved this way. We have to take a systems approach. So anyway, I wish you all well. Tomorrow I'll be looking at what happens when you combine arginine and caffeine together in your body because one increases nitric oxide, one lowers nitric oxide. What happens when you put them together? And some people do that, all right? And so we'll be looking at that and, and, it's, and it's, that's called a synergy. So anyway, thank you everyone. Um, again, please support this is your movement. Support, invest in your education. Become a Truth, Freedom, and Health warrior. Go to truthfreedomandhealth.com. Get educated or be enslaved. That's really the slogan here. Thank you, everyone. Be well.